You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. And welcome to Ring a Post Radio, the only show that thanks the Lord when there is a, a, a Wembley show for AEW and we're not giving our instant reactions at midnight and rather at 519 the PM for us. So uh, I'm very thankful for that. And of course, the person that's very thankful for that is me, Ryan Eitzy. And I'm sure also very thankful for that is my co-host, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just lovely. We got a lot to talk about today, uh-huh. don't we? This like the <sighs> get off your chest, get off your chest. No worries. It's just so tough because like there was so much to talk about this week mm-hmm. on the back of the fact that we have to talk about the biggest wrestling event. AEW's ever had uh, not just <laughs> AEW's ever had today. not just AEW's ever had the biggest wrestling event in the history of wrestling events that yeah that, that weren't mean, held at gun, gunpoint I guess yeah I guess we have to call it that uh, um <laughs> in in terms of success like amount of people in the building that bought tickets yes mm-hmm. for sure it depends what you call the biggest but at the end of the day it's a complete success no matter how anyone feels about the show and I think that's that's the best part. They, so much so that we're doing it again. <laughs> I was shocked with that announcement. I could not. I, I was too. I was like, "Oh my god!" Not only, not only are they doubling down. Double. I thought we were. Year. This is double or nothing. You do it for double or nothing. What are we talking about? Not only are they doing that, they're doing it in the same exact weekend. Yes. As this year, and I was like, "If you people announce all out." One or two weeks after, <laughs> I will blow a gasket. <laughs> Which, yeah, if unless they get rid of the all-out Labor Day weekend thing, which they could, but they unless could, they want to get, well, unless they want to drop that tradition, which they would, I, we're gonna have back-to-back pay-per-views again. Their three biggest traditions of the year, arguably, right now, is all in, all out, and Grand Slam, all in a month span. I'll I'll throw in double or nothing there for Memorial Day weekend too. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like that's not in a month span though. Like, oh, this, oh, this you're right. All Grand- in a month. Oh my god, I forgot Grand Slams coming up. Oh, <sighs> but I it's mean, okay. it's, it's great wrestling. It's great wrestling. I'm only I'm only being uh, uh, stressed out because of just how much stuff we have to do. Because the hundred dollars I have to spend with no bundles the fuck dude um but uh the other thing about it i was also thinking about today of like you know i i recalled with i forget what where they were or whatever with like WWE talking about like oh yeah maybe we do a pay-per-view or wrestlemania in england right like it, it didn't make me recall like how great it is to be a wrestling fan right now in the sense of like you know just had a uh fantastic showing from aew a huge financial success from aew and you know WWE is going to be petty, and you know, not even petty, but like within their right to come back and try to outdo them on attendance. So you know they're going to try to do a WrestleMania at one of these ginormous stadiums now. Uh, and, and they could. In four years, I guess. Um, they could. They could. Like, 
Like they're still the biggest pro wrestling company in the world. Yeah, and if they can if they can keep that 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 popularity going for the next couple of years cuz obviously they have, you know, they're fresh up for the next couple of WrestleManias. Um if they can keep that popularity going, they could easily do one of these big shows, big time shows. Yeah. Um, my, my my incredibly bold take as we sit here a year out from the next all in is they get to like 30k right off the bat and then it's like you got to get people in the house. Yeah. That's what's also fascinating is that like this this wasn't full completely. This wasn't a sellout for what they had, I think. Right. It's still the biggest, but it also wasn't a sellout, which is crazy. Yeah. And they could and they could probably like and I talked about this on the show during the the previews for All In, right? You know, if you come back next year or you know, come back for another time with a better bigger card, you'll probably sell more tickets and you almost in theory would want to do that is to come back next year and have sell and to sell more tickets than what you did previously. So like there's a good shot. We'll have an even better show or something next year, which is insane to think about. Uh, but what a goalpost that they've set up for themselves. Uh, I cannot believe they did it. I would have surely thought that we were going to do all in for like, I don't know, like MetLife Stadium or something like something, you know, or some other stadium in the They're country or going right back to it. Going right back to I, it. Bold move. I, I love, love. I don't really want to talk moves. about next year all that much because I'm sure they're going to do a great number again. And I'm sure it's going to be a great show again. Mm-hmm. Um, safe bet. Put Kenny Omega in the main event. <laughs> safe bet. Safe bet. Put Will Ospreay in the main event. He might be contracted talent at that point. That's true. That may, maybe that is where you get Kenny and Osprey three. I don't want that. I don't want to wait that long for <laughs> a year and a half. A year, yeah, a year you know, we had to wait a little bit for Okada and Omega. So that's fair. Well, if you're just joining us for Ring Post Radio, of course we thank you. Uh, what we typically do post these AEW pay per views is we always give. We have always been giving for as long as the show has existed. Our immediate reactions on Patreon.com forward slash Pod. Our Patreon here for the network. We've been typically giving our instant reactions uh on across all tiers on that platform our patreon um but luckily for you that you're the audience right now you get to have that you get to experience that for free you get the instant reactions and our thoughts at, on the presser as they happen live uh along with your typical ring post radio nonsense so um i will say though you get it for free here, folks, but you got to pay for it next week because next week for All Out, we will be doing again the instant reactions for that pay-per-view, but that will be on the paywall. That will be behind patreon.com forward slash counterpod across both tiers. So if you want to join us, if you enjoy what you hear coming up uh, and enjoy our thoughts on these sort of pay-per-views, uh, join us, uh, consider joining the Patreon uh, and joining us for next week for All Out um it should be exciting stuff folks um but of course i think before we start scotty we have to uh address a very important topic and that it was uh the uh passing of terry funk this week a legendary you can say hardcore wrestler you can say southern wrestler you can say give him a different number of adjectives uh for him but a legendary wrestler in his own right and of course the sudden passing of uh, WB's own Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, um, suddenly out of nowhere, uh, father of four kids, four young kids. I think the oldest is like 10, the youngest is like one. Um, so a, a very tragic passing, very two tragic figures uh, lost in uh, wrestling w- this week. 
Uh, and obviously, you know, we're not the biggest historians here for Ring Post Radio, uh, but we have definitely have probably, I'm, I'm sure you've seen some matches of Funk. I know I have. Um, so I just wanted to really just talk about with you, Scotty, and more of a celebration of life. Uh, what are some fond memories that you have of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt? Yeah, um, the first time I ever saw Terry Funk was the 2006 One Night Stand show, um, which he teamed with Tommy Dreamer. Um, they went against Edge and Lita and uh, McFoley. And I just remember, like, and someone had a great tweet this week. I forget who it was. And I wish I could give them credit. But, like, everyone has a different memory of Terry Funk as a wrestler because some people saw him when he was young. And, like, some people saw him when he was in all Japan. Some people saw him when he was this old extreme guy. Like, everyone has a different vision of Terry Funk. But I saw him in that One Night Stand um, show, and he was just excellent and that's one of i think that was his last wwe match um and one of his last matches uh overall but that's my you know main memory from him i've I've went back and seen some of his matches but i vividly remember that one because it was the first time i ever saw terry funk in action um and then of course uh there's bray wyatt but admittedly and you know we weren't gonna dive in too much about our thoughts on this but this one this one's like maybe the hardest wrestling death that's hit me in a while or maybe ever just because he's the first person i've seen his entire career like i i don't i've seen his career i've seen all these iterations of him i was a fan of his once upon a time um he, he was a guy i was always rooting for if that makes sense. Like I always wanted him and his characters to work because I thought the original Wyatt uh, family was so good. Um, and I always looked to that match that they had with the shield at elimination chamber as really like one of my big highlights in terms of being a Bray Wyatt fan. I also look towards, which we were talking about before the show, when he won the WWE championship at elimination chamber, that was such a great moment. Um, it was really like a crowning moment. And I know like a lot of people, especially in the past couple of years, you know, they talked about his wrestling matches and yada, yada, yada. When they were, when he was in multi-man matches, he was great. Cause he, he had the right big moves to hit and stuff like that. That's why I talked about both those elimination chamber matches. And then the other moment that I fondly remember is the debut of the fiend. And However, I ended up long-term feeling about The Fiend. I don't necessarily blame him for some of it because, you know, he lost. I know he lost a lot of the creativity after a while. Uh, but that original Firefly Funhouse plus The Fiend in that debut, it's something I'll never forget. And no matter what, he got that over to being the top merch seller. He'd made that the most popular thing. Um, so uh, rest in peace to both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, obviously. That... That was a real kick in the gut this week, back-to-back days. The Bray one, I just remember reading, and I was like, no. No way. Especially because I think we got, like, two weeks ago, he was on his way back. Yeah, there were reports that he's getting healthy again and that WWE yeah. is coming up with creative for him. Yeah. Yeah, which sucks. Just absolutely sucks. Um, but rest in peace to both of them, obviously. And uh... <sighs> yeah, It is what it is. 
Yeah, Terry Funk, the, you know, long standing, like not in the greatest of health. I mean, he's <laughs> the amount of hardcore matches that he's taken place in. Of course, he's never been the best of health. Um, you know, that that was a, a shock. But, you know, it was sort of like, oh, he's he's lived multiple lives. It feels like, you know, multiple different yeah. eras of wrestling, you know, going from like that southern wrestler into like the sort of uh, uh, Gaijin sort of uh, wrestler in all Japan, going to uh, WWE as a sort of cowboy, you know. Um, then then by time ECW rolls around, uh, both as the at the beginning and then when he comes back later as a, like a new sort of hardcore guy, um, he constantly worked to reinvent himself, constantly worked uh, to become different and not only like worked to invent himself or become different, but constantly was devoted to setting up the wrestling world past his official retirement, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of Terry Funk's legacies is going to be the Terry Funk retirement, uh, which will be whenever someone retires and then shortly, almost promptly returns back to the ring. Um, you know, he never retired in Japan. He just, he never retired fully. He just retired in Japan and then he went back to the States and wrestled. So, um, you know, it's, he has a very long historic legacy to leave behind. And it was something that he always strived to give and to, uh, to pass on, you know, while he was prepping for a world title match, uh, against Ric Flair, he goes out of his way to have a, a match with a young, Mexican upstart wrestler named Eddie Guerrero, you know, making his first couple leaps into the States. Um, you know, tr- not even doing a jobbing match, but just like actively trying to showcase as much of Eddie Guerrero as possible. Um, you know, even in ECW, he was uh, always, either when he wasn't burning down the house, both literally and figuratively, he was always uh, willing to put over the next generation. That's something I always appreciated. Um, Bray Wyatt, I mean, uh, there's a lot of fondness in his, in his career. I have that you mentioned it, that WWE championship elimination chamber match where he won. I was so ecstatic in that match. I could not believe that happened. I, I thought that was a fantastic moment because it was like weirdly, that was a little bit after I returned to wrestling Right, I returned to wrestling around the draft of 2016, and that SmackDown, that series, that era of SmackDown, um, where it just felt great and it felt like an A show and it felt like a weird underdog, uh, and to have almost like the culmination of that SmackDown be the weird underdog, kind of winning the WWE WWE title. Uh, just felt right. And of course, it went on to be a weird-ass <laughs> tile match of Randy Orton with bugs projected on the ring apron, uh, the ring canvas. But, you know, that's that's the story of, of Bray Wyatt, is the story of a guy uh, with great creative vision and a great uh, thing behind him, and then just sort of like weird shit getting plopped on top of him that isn't necessarily his creative thought. Um you know, you know, that early stuff I really appreciate out of him as well. Uh, and, you know, to say, like, this is another wrestler this year that has passed away suddenly and tragically, leaving behind a large young family is so incredibly sad. 
Um, you know, in whether you can whether I can argue the peaks of their careers, but uh, leaving behind such a, a, a sudden passing and it, it hurts, man. It hurts to have that happen twice in one year. You know, it hurts to have that. Even that. I mean, if you go back a little bit further to Brody Lee and uh, um, it, that happens again, it hurts to see that. Of course, you always get stories of older wrestlers passing away. Um, and you know, it's going to happen more and more as we're getting more into like that attitude era, not attitude era, but more into like the eighties wrestlers and nineties wrestlers. But to see, you know, three different wrestlers, Jay Briscoe, Brody Lee and Bray Wyatt pass away of such a young family is so upsetting to see. And it just really makes you think about the, you know, how quick life can be for some of us. Not to get too dark, but it it really makes you want to enjoy the moments and go out there and enjoy the best that life can offer, uh, the best that wrestling can offer. Um, and it's definitely uh, both of them leaving behind, uh, certainly leaving behind a legacy to remember. Um, so again, uh, rest in peace, both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, um, leaving behind fond memories um of both of their careers in the squared circle let's move on now and let's give our initial reaction thoughts to AEW all in hailing from london england hailing from wembley stadium of course the official do i got that number in front of me Eighty-one thousand thirty-five people st- stuffed into wembley stadium we talked about it as we started the show not even a sellout they, I think the last I saw before the show went live was they had like sub 500 tickets left in their uh, setup. Um, but they could have easily done, you know, done a different setup and set up more. We know that there were matches left off the card for various injuries and whatnot, um, whether wrestlers uh, uh, had leg injuries or foot injuries or whatever. Um, or all out. Or, or also they got left off because of all out. Or there's a show happening the week after that uh, seemingly had no teases for this show, and I was shocked by that as well. If, um, if we walk, I just want to say this: if we walk away next week from all out, and we have like three or four better matches, like just <laughs> in ring wise, wouldn't even be remotely shocked. It's it's certainly possible. It's certainly based possible. off of what I expect that card to be. Mm-hmm. It feels pretty likely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one for sure. Uh, but of course, all in Wembley Stadium. They're going back to it a year later. Are you coming up next year? Um, what a show. I mean, I thought that this show was great. I thought that it certainly lived up, to, I think, to the hype I, I had in my mind. So go ahead. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I, we won't go over the scrum until later, Yeah, but I do have it up just to be like, holy shit, CM Punk's on. I'm just going to cancel the show. We have to go listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 you're absolutely right. It was a home run of a show top to bottom. Lots of good wrestling, lots of great moments, incredible crowd. Mm-hmm. I really don't have any complaints at the end of it. Like there's no complaints on my end. Um, do I wish some things went differently? Maybe. We'll talk about um, it, sure. But overall, I mean, they can't be anything but proud of the show. 
No, if I'm AEW, especially like knowing all the things that went through it um, to get to this show, uh, I would definitely be proud uh, for putting on AEW All In. Um, you know, we've we we've had our gripes obviously in the buildup, but ultimately we got it. You know, we got what we expected—a great show. Uh, you know, I'm, I have a couple minor gripes here and there, but for the most part, I thought it was a very great show. Um, uh, and let's let's start talking about. It, I think I, I think a we'll smashing hit, a, a smashing say. hit, as the Brits would say. Was that British? Sounds British. It sounds very British. Well, let's start off with the zero hour, just because it feels like that would be a good uh, stop uh, start <laughs> to the bookend. Um, sure would. And uh, then we get to the main event, of course. So we'll start off with the zero hour, which of course had two matches. The first match being the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Title Match between Adam Cole and MJF defeating Aussie Open in six minutes and fifty eight seconds. I'll be honest, I was kind of shocked that there was a title change here. Um, I, I was kind of expecting Aussie Open to retain or some sort of uh, a heel turn or something that would take place, uh, but instead we straight up just got a I thought a very serviceable wrestling match. That set up the main event with uh, MJF and Adam Cole getting the win. What did you think about this match? Uh, you couldn't ask for a better match to sell a pay per view, if that makes sense. Like you're not, you, no, you didn't get the, you know, work ready full out Aussie Open match. No, but what you did get mm-hmm. were the moments and the excitement of MJF and Cole together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How I'll ever, I will never walk away from any other show in AEW does without thinking MJF's the most over person in this company. Yeah. And this, like these, this match in the main event told me all I needed to know. Um, the double clothesline, obviously, big pop for that, but even a bigger pop for the kangaroo kick. Let me tell you, folks, Let I leaped out of my chair. It was great. He is such a great pro wrestler. Um, he has a lot of sports entertainment to him, obviously. We'll get to the main event. Um, <laughs> but I think he's just so good at what he does. And if they ever turn him heel within the next year, I will be very angry because he should be a baby face and ride this wave. Yeah, you can totally see the WWE isms. Like this guy yeah. would shine in WWE. Uh, he happens to shine here. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. He happens to shine here. That is true. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like um, this match, yeah, like I, I don't know what else more I have to say really about it. It was a very serviceable match. I thought, so this match had a lot of uh, uh, attack on MJF's back, and I would have thought that would have played more into the uh, uh, the main event, which sadly didn't happen. So uh, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I'll give the main event or this match uh, points off for psychology. I guess the main event. Um but yeah, I, I thought, you know, very serviceable. We had the tag team championship win, and uh, I can't wait to see them lose to the kingdom, probably, on uh, the next yeah, Ring of Honor absolutely. show. Whatever that uh, is. I will, I will say, the only thing I'll say from the scrum is Tony Khan confirms there was a physical incident tonight before the pay-per-view went on air. All right, continue. Well, let's get to the next match then, I think, <laughs> which is, of course, Jack Perry losing uh, in his second physical bout of the night for the FDW title against hook um of course this was ftw title match so we had ftw rules uh they fought on a small uh limo as jr tried to make a dick joke 
uh, about the limo. I don't know if anyone else caught that. It was just me, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, rolling thunder onto the li- limo, fighting on top of, let me see what I have here. I have here written down real glass. Uh, and of course, getting to the ring and uh, doing a couple spots. Uh, it, it felt like just a lot a of stupid comment. You can't make comments, man. No, can't, this no, 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 with no, this listen, guy. I don't care if you want to get your, you know, you have the beef. We know Jungle Boy and CM Punk don't like each other. We know that. Sure, sure, sure. But this is the biggest show ever yeah. for this company. Save it for another time. Yeah, I, I think we'll talk about that more in between these matches, probably. But uh, uh, the match itself was good. I think Hook's awesome. Um, yeah. Hook having a real feud benefited more than anyone mm-hmm. uh jack perry as a heel stinks but you know whatever yeah jack perry as a heel here was more just like drawing heel heat than anything else you know going yeah. this is probably the best you're gonna get out of him as a heel uh, yeah i uh, yeah i think i feel like i've seen i think i saw this might sound wild to you i think the rvd match was better than this match and nothing against hook or jack perry really i guess but like you know, it just felt like that had more action in it than this one. Uh, I don't know if that's that was just me. This had a lot of, you know, the the, the Rolling Thunder spot on the, on the limo was really cool. Um, but it just felt like there was a lot of, like, drawing for he, heel heat. Like the, um, was that, what's the move called again? The top rope across the world thing? What is that called? Uh, what the, oh, the, uh, the fuck coast is that to coast. coast to coast, thank you. Uh, the Shane you know, move. Yes, yeah, of course. The known Shane McMahon move. Um you know going for that and then instead drawing for heel heat it just felt like there was a lot of that stuff um and then you know ultimately hook gets the victory and uh uh off we go um off we go and do a news break i guess uh which is so there's the reports are still coming out about what fully happened here but as far as i can tell there was as tony khan has confirmed a a brawl brawl in uh has taken place between post said it last week uh post the jack perry match uh apparently there is a uh uh, jack perry bump up bumped up against cm punk uh there was a shoving match someone got choked out you have the full report ahead of you uh no please give me that full report all right give me one second you know since i do work for fightful i do have fightful slack so perfect 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 yeah, computer yeah, not- would work. Um, I've had computer problems today, so I apologize. No worries. Um, so here we go. CM Punk and Jack Perry had an altercation backstage at AEW All In. Details are few and far between at the moment, but we have learned that Jack Perry and CM Punk had an altercation shortly before CM Punk went to the ring for his AEW All In match. Jack Perry was on right before him and did a spot on a car window and said, It's real gr- glass, cry me a river. This was a shot at Punk, who had a confrontation at AEW Collision taping this summer over Perry's insistence on using real glass for a spot on the show. We're told Perry wasn't happy with how the situation was relayed publicly by those close to Punk. We have learned at least one side of the story, which claims that Jack Perry approached CM Punk backstage and stepped in his face and bumped Punk. Punk was said to have then been uh, then pushed Perry. Perry allegedly came at Punk and got choked. 
in quotes. We haven't heard of a particular kind of choke or who broke things up. Please note this is only one side of the story and more details will emerge. Miro has claimed this story was fake and untrue. What? Other versions allege that Punk threw a punch and that Punk stepped to Perry first. PW Insider has reported that Jack Perry was sent away from the venue and CM Punk is still at Wembley. Uh, They've reached out to both sides to clear up any misconception regarding the prior argument and Perry trying not to come to work the next week. We're told he had a pre-planned and approved vacation. I will say this, Scotty. Um, you don't have much going for All Out, but this is a weird way to build up a Jack Perry CM Punk match for All Out. Because uh, I think that's the only <laughs> that's the only feud that he can potentially have for that show that I know about right now. Uh, yeah, man. If the, It's always something with this guy. You know, whether or not, obviously, you know, it seems like there might have been a, a premeditation to that Jack Perry quote, and then whoever seemingly started the fight between Jack Perry and uh, and uh, CM Punk, or if it didn't happen at all, and Miro's just like, nah, this ain't, hap- this ain't real, bro. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> out of nowhere, Miro's like, nope, this is fake. Um, it, it just, it's just, it's, we talked about it before with, like, Britt Baker, where it's like, it feels like there's it's CM Punk's name is always coming up with stories backstage. And I know there's the narrative to feed and I know that that is a hothead freak, but like, God damn, man, it was literally the start of the show. I look at Twitter and I'm seeing the stuff. We cannot get through a freaking pay-per-view without some sort of backstage drama of CM Punk. It's so frustrating at this point. Just I don't know what to do. I don't. What do you do? What do you do? Okay, so here's what I will say. Obviously, this is a different, different moment. Um, sure, but I will say that I'm sure that certain stories are more likely to make their way out than others, right? Yeah, and I think I say this that is because this is only a couple hours after. I'm sure there'll be more stuff as it as it pops up. Obviously, there's people we can discuss that you know probably don't want CM Punk there. Um. So maybe that's part of it. But yeah, he's always in the news and it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. It's all it's almost always him. Right? Like it's and remember remember a few months ago when someone said like they left work angry or whatever because CM Punk was at Dynamite. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like they were in a bad mood when they left work or whatever. Yeah. And I, I said on this show, it's definitely Jack Perry. <laughs> I feel more and more right every day. Um, I'll just say that. Sure. But uh, those two, obviously, I just, I don't know. What do you do? If you what were, do I do? If you were Tony Khan, what do you do with this thing? Well, you would have never had to get, We truthfully, we never would have got back to this point. That's what I would have done. Fair. Like, I would have, you know, you would have probably cut ties long ago and just moved on. Fair. So it's like, I don't even know what I would do if I got to this point, because I probably wouldn't have got to this point. Like, I understand what CM Punk does for business and yada, yada, yada. Like, I know that. Um, but I don't know. The headaches aren't worth it. I don't think the headaches are worth it. No. Uh, and of course, like you said already, Tony Khan mentioned the presser that the st- something happened backstage and that they're investigating it. Do you think suspensions are coming out? Do we lose? They do. Did we lose the main event to all out because of this? I'm sure. 
I don't think they were going to main event all out just because they were telling that Ricky Stark story. Sure. Um, but they could lose a, another main event depending what happens with Punk, right? Yeah. And we don't know what the 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 president. We don't know what Punk's going to do. We don't know. I just you never know anymore. The precedent is suspensions in a backstage fight. You know, if brawl out, the the precedent there was they get suspended and we strip them of the titles. Luckily, Jack Perry is in title holder. And then when CM Punk gets suspended and comes back, he'll be the real, real world title holder. Um, You know, that's... At this point, Jack Perry, it's one thing, especially the premeditated nature of it seemingly. That sucks. And you suspend his ass. Right? Punk, it's like, how many strikes does this guy gonna get? That's where I'm at right now. I mean, even it, like... I know that it's it's starting to come out that maybe he wasn't he he was defending himself or whatever, and obviously there's one side of the story out there right now. Um, but you know, seemingly there's there was a uh, defensive nature to what Punk was doing. But even then, you can't get in multiple backstage fights. You know, the precedent of, of backstage fights is suspensions. You get it with Brawl Out. You got it with Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston that one time, or what is it, Sammy Guevara and Andrade that one time. Um, and now you have a guy that you already previously suspended, uh, getting in another backstage fight. What do you do? Yep. Uh, is it two strikes? Three? How many strikes are we given? I know it's CM Punk, you know, he's kind of, uh, a golden goose right now, but like, is it worth it? I don't, I don't know. Is it worth it having that news out there? As you enter your biggest show of all time, and that's the first thing you have to practically address in your presser, is that worth nope. it? It's been a nope. year. It's been a year since you had to do it last time, and you're going just, to another show with, with, it's with these never guys. Gonna end, right? Like that's the thing. Like it's just not. It's not going to end. Like n- not everything is just going to get better. Yeah. Um. So that's my main problem. Well, seemingly the only way at this point for things to get better backstage is to either cut a bunch of people or cut punk i mean right like because then the backstage drama seemingly will drop significantly right i mean that that that, i'm trying to be objective here like that is i think it is you got to start like cutting people uh because separating them does not help it is infested to other people in the locker room not just the elite but now jack perry you know, it, it that that hatred or whatever is now infesting into other people. You got that Britt Baker, Chris Daniels story from Forbidden Door. It's infesting your locker room. It's a, it's a. I don't, you know, I'm saying infestation. You got a cancer right now, and what do you got to do? You're gonna leave it. You're gonna try to deal with it, or you're gonna try to cut it out, right? I mean, at this point, you've been trying to deal with it, and it's gotten worse because it's happening with other people, not just the elite. Uh, here, here's here's my ultimate take on it. Sure, hit me. You need to get control of your locker room, however or whatever means necessary. If you're Tony Khan, that is and should be the ultimate goal. You need control of your locker room, and I think that's whatever, whatever way you need to go to make that happen, you do it. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Whatever form that takes needs to happen. Long, long overdue. Um, 
let's move on. I think MJF uh, was the first one out, and then uh, yeah, Adam, Cole. Adam Cole. Um, we'll wait until we get some more news about that. But we'll start off here as we're rolling into the main show for All in London, and that, of course, was the first match on the show, the real AEW World title match. CM Punk defeats Samoa Joe, 13 minutes and 58 seconds. What do you think about this match? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a hot way to start the show out. I thought Samoa Joe was extra great in this match. Like I just think he was hitting on all cylinders. I think CM Punk did a great job. This was two of their better matches. This was arguably Punk's better, best complete match between this and the Kojima since he's come back. Mm-hmm. Um I loved the him doing the Cena spot into the Hogan leg drop. I loved him winning with the Pepsi plunge. Um, I thought Joe was just excellent in playing to the crowd. And they they really, the thing about them, and I said this last week on our show, is that they were going to wrestle smart, right? Because they can't do the things that they used to do. And they were going to wrestle smart. And that's exactly what I thought they did. They wrestled smart. They delivered a very exciting opener to the main card. Um, Obviously, I don't think anyone will be talking too much about the actual match itself. Mm -hmm. But I had a lot of fun with this. And it kicked off what was a slew of confusing decisions in terms of match order. But that's besides the point. Hey, maybe that was Tony Khan trying to attempt something to see if they can all work together. I don't know. Um, Uh, I don't know. It, did, it just didn't make sense to me at all. But that's fair. That's that's completely fair. Um, I thought this match was pretty good. I I I did like the Kojima match more. Um, but I thought that this match was probably it was definitely better than the other match I ha- they had. In my opinion, I think this oh, yeah. was the best match you can get out of CM Punk Kojima. Oh, sorry, not Kojima. CM Punk and, and Samoa Joe today. I think this is the best match you can probably get out of them. Uh, and I think they did a fantastic job. I thought it was really, really good. Um, of course, they got the callbacks to uh, Punk. And, you know, Punk, I, I got to say, on his way to being a heel, I would think. Um, yeah. Certainly, you would think that all this Cena heel stuff, the guy gets booed. I, you know, I was there at Duluth, Georgia, and the crowd popped when he came out. Uh, and then promptly boo him throughout the rest of the match. This crowd here, super into Samoa Joe, obviously. Um, so you know that's gotta be coming down the pipe. You can't, the crowd obviously is telling you what they want to do with CM Punk. At some point, we've got to lean into it. At, at, when do you do that? It feels like the only option right now is feuding with MJF. Uh, but it also feels, sure like, feels like the conclusion of All Out could be. Assuming, and here, I have to be very specific with this. Assuming CM Punk and, you know, everything is fine and he is around next week. Mm -hmm. I feel like the conclusion of whatever they decide MJF's matches should probably have them going face-to-face. Much like last year at All Out when it was the opposite way when MJF returned. I think that's fair. I think that's completely fair. I think that would be a good idea. Um, Again, I, I have to say this all with the idea that Punk will be here. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. At this rate, no one knows. I don't think. No. I, I don't we didn't understand. even talk about the most important part of the pre-show. The pre-show? Uh, yeah, the debut of Mercedes Monet by just showing her. You're right. I, My apologies. I, 
I, I'll talk about it first because I was just like, what? <laughs> it's like, this is how you're going to show her? Yeah. I was like, clearly she's not cleared. I understand that. I get that clearly because she's just sitting up there. She's not wrestling. She's doing nothing. But they're giving the in. They're giving the idea that she is going to be here eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. It was an interesting like, way and, to tease her, and then during the I, show we'll get to that as well. I said at the end of the women's match, just like, all right, let's just get the belt on Mercedes. Like I was like already there. I was like, let's just let's just get this over with. And people were like, why would you want Mercedes to join the women's division? I was like, she was on the show. They don't show, like, they didn't show her for fun. (laughs) You know, it's like, they clearly have a deal in the works. At the very least, Fightful already has said, Fightful already reported on this. Like, there's a deal in the works. It says she's open to appearing one source, even showing heavy optimism that the two sides will be working together. Another source spoke as if it was in the works. Yeah, duh. They don't show her unless that something's in the works, right? Can we agree upon that? Yeah, and I think there was a good shot that I wouldn't have been surprised if the if there was going to be her working this show and Forbidden Door, right? I mean, she wins the title from Jamie she Hader. She work. she wins the title from from Jamie Hader. Uh, she wasn't facing Jamie Hader. She was that? facing Soraya. Uh, she was supposed to be facing Soraya. Oh yeah, you're right. I like my story better. Yeah, well, the world is connecting now, ain't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, um, but that's just mind-boggling that they were just like, here's Mercedes. And I was like, uh, what, what? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> On the pre-show. Yeah. And then in a match that made no sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she shows up later in a match that doesn't make any She'll sense. She'll get her Tokyo Dome match, and then I'm going to guess AEW will be her main home moving forward. Yeah, which is fascinating, right? Is that like potentially in January you have two free agents, Mercedes Monet and Will Ospreay, coming down the pipe to AEW? That's a that's pretty interesting. Gotta that's say, the type of haul you look for. That's the type of haul that almost makes you think you can cut some people. Almost also makes you think of we're gonna get a ginormous TV deal so that we can afford these new contracts. We're not talking about MJF. MJF's free agent too. Well, that's that's true as well, I guess. Wink, wink. He's not free agent anymore. Yeah, yeah. I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard that rumor no as well. I've heard that rumor as well. Um, should we talk about MJF first in the presser? Do you want to? How do you want to split this up? Um, usually we wait till everybody has questions down. Uh, with, with yeah, I mean you can. I, I don't think he has much going on. No, I did not see a lot going on with MJF. He he did reference uh, backstage. Um, you know, I'm sure there are people at your job you want to headbutt. So he did sort of reference that everyone is, uh, you know, sometimes people want to beat each other up backstage. That's interesting. Uh, would you like to know what the first question to MJF was? Sure. The first question that the English media, uh, gave to MJF was, do you love your mother? Not a joke. (laughs) Not a joke. First question from the British media. Um, Anyways, uh, someone else then said that he's the uh, best wrestler in the world. Um, Someone, if AEW have a, quote, premium live event in Mexico. (sighs) Yeah, I saw he was very amped about trying to do Azteca Stadium. Yes, Tony calls it a great idea. 
Um, they've been doing the right circumstances. They have great partners in the Lucha world, so that would be interesting. Uh, Tony asks MGF where the first place he ever saw MGF wrestle. MGF realizes it was in England right before the original All In. Tony says that's where he was scouting MJF. So that seems very interesting. Um, there's not really anything else going with him, saying nobody else can outwork him. He calls himself Mr. Break My Neck. Um, really nothing here gotta say really nothing on the bone here um so hey that's mjf you just got the world champion in your presser and i saw no meat on that bone so i saw i i read that he cut a very nice like baby face bro yeah, I saw that he was doing a lot of rah-rah babyface stuff as well. So that's always nice to see. It's just sort of upsetting. You know, premium live events. Do you love your mother? You got this guy right here. Ask him something else. Ask him something of importance. It, what a waste. What a waste. Wasted your time. What are we doing? Anyway, six-man tag team match action. Uh, Bullet Club, Gold, and Kanosuke Takeshita got the win over the Golden Elite. Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi. Um, one of the few babyface losses pretty much on this entire card, I feel like. Um, what did you think about this six-man tag team match? Oh, I had a great time with it. I had a great time with it. Like, I don't know, it's just six guys I really, 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 really enjoy going mm-hmm. out there. Um, Coda, Coda, Coda. <laughs> if, so so here's here's my thoughts about Kodabushi moving forward. Uh-huh. He can't do the like running spots anymore that involves him jumping and doing a moonsault. That like, you mean the, tr- the triangle moonsault? That was the same. Yeah, moment. he can't do things like that anymore. Even like getting clotheslined over the rope was tough for him. Yeah. But he can still do the power stuff great. Mm-hmm. Standing moonsault he can do. Mm-hmm. He can kick people. He can hit people. So if we just get it through his head that he can't do everything he used to and have him switch his style a little bit, he'll be fine. Because he's looking better and better each showing, yep. but he's not at all to the point of, oh, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch him wrestle. Yeah, no, he's not at all where he used to be. And, he... <laughs> and he's never going to be there. No, and it's interesting that this is the second guy that we're having this conversation about in Japanese wrestling between him and Hiroshi Tanahashi. He is not at Very all... Very different situations. <laughs> correct, correct. But the point I'm trying to make is they both of these guys are not at all where they used to be, and they need to change up their style because they keep trying to do the stuff that they were great at before, and they are no longer good at it. Um, yeah. I, I agree. Changing into a power beast would be very good for, I think, Kota Bushi. Do you any running? And, and to be fair to him, there was a picture that came out of him having a taped ankle. So that could be part of why the running was so janky. Um, but it, it, it hurt again. Great. But it, but if you're hurt, you know, you cut the spots, right? You know, the, it, the ankle was taped maybe before the match. I don't know. Um, so, you know, who the heck knows? Other than that, I thought the match was pretty good. Like you said, I thought Ibushi looked better than I have seen. Um, to be fair, it was a six-man tag. You can hide him a little bit more, but yada, yada, yada. But presumably, he'll get there, hopefully, one day. Uh, Adam Page and Omega look good. Uh, Juice Robinson was uh, insane. 
Uh, and I'm hyped for the potential that is uh, Takeshita versus Omega next week, I would say. Wednesday, Orange Cassidy versus Pentagon Jr. for the International Championship. Who the hell is Pentagon Jr.? All I know about is Penta Oscuro. <laughs> oh, Penta, it's actually, well, Penta Oscuro is not at the presser. It's Penta El Cerro Miedo, so we're both wrong. Why is that match happening? Because they said Cassidy was going to do it, and Penta, Penta showed up. All right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I, I would you know what I would have preferred? Him versus like Santana? Maybe. No. That would that would, no. but that would lean straight no. into No. But you know what I'm After saying. After what I saw of Santana, That's no. That's fair. Or God, I'll also take please, an Ortiz. No. I'll also take an Ortiz. My point there being someone on the heel side as a challenge here to go right into it. Um that's an sure. Is it for the title, you said? Yeah. All right. I have a feeling that you're probably going to lose the title all out. Good. Against somebody. <laughs> Good. I don't know who. Um, Good. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the segment tag was a, a pretty good match. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I thought of that. Um, AEW World Tag Team Title Match FTR versus the Young Bucks with FTR getting the win. Uh, I really love this match. I thought they had two great outings uh, previously, uh, but you know, if albeit you know my expectations were a little higher for this one, I tried my best to lower them here. And for me, this was one of my favorites uh, of their trilogy, uh, if not my favorite of the trilogy. Um, I love uh, you know stealing each other's finishers. I love callbacks. I love doing repeated finishes of previous matches that don't work here um, with that callback of the, the 450 splash into the super kick of the 2020 match that they had. I think that was the first one. Um, I love those sort of callbacks. Yeah, I thought this match was a really great outing. Um, you know, not necessarily the match of the year contender for me, but a very great match uh, nonetheless. What did you think about uh, the tag match between FTR and Young Bucks? Um, I think it definitely underwhelmed in terms of expectations, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was still very good. One of the best matches of the night. Is that I think that that I agree. Sense? I agree with that. Um, I think, like, I think the way I was watching this match, and especially the end, I didn't love the finish of this match. Them hitting the elite trigger, whatever it's called. the bte trigger yeah hitting that twice and then kicking out both times Mm -hmm. i didn't love that sure um but otherwise it's still a very good match and one of my favorites of the night um because you know they can't have a bad match no i was at the second one so that's still my favorite Mm -hmm. um but this is probably like right there with the first one i don't remember the first one enough to tell you but i I liked playing to the certain points in the story and things like that so overall a job well done and i don't really love ftr keeping the belts but okay same same i i would have expected especially with what's going on (laughs) i I was about to say the exact same thing especially if it's going off cash wheeler I would have expected a title switch here and then we go off and do the Young Bucks. You know, because now that Young Bucks have lost, I like I don't see where we're going with them. Uh FTR, now that they've lost, 
I assume they're defending the titles next week. Um, so I, I, I don't yes, who though. I don't know. That's the problem. Is like a lot of this show is like this was a great show, but like one of the faults I have with it is you know we we didn't set up anything for next week. Young Bucks, not even like they don't have necessarily a match next week per se, but like what are they what are they gonna do? You know what 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 they this whole thing was like we're heading back into the tag team division to get our titles back. We're gonna beat up the Hardy brothers. We're gonna beat up the the Gun brothers. And now we're gonna take on brothers from another mother's FTR um, and get our titles back. And then they lose. And it's like, oh, all right. Now what? What's what's next for these guys? I'm guessing they're gonna long term set up Aussie Open. Sure, that could work. They could Maybe. work Aussie Open. I don't I know guess. how. <laughs> well, how is that they do it for full gear and not next week? True, 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 true. I would assume I'm just gonna guess that we're gonna get another six man, and it's gonna be them and like Adam Page versus uh, Jay White and the Guns. That's gonna be my guess at All Out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my money on that one as the All Out match. So uh, get hyped, I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I thought this match was great. Uh, I did. There was like the, I was weirdly falling out of like the weird like suplex spot in the middle with uh, FTR bald and and and. Um, yeah, Matt Jackson. Yeah, here, here's my like main problem. I think FCR has now had two straight feuds where they should have lost the belts. What was the other feud? Sorry, three straight title matches where they should have lost the belts. Are, are you counting the Jeff Jarrett feud? No. Why not? <laughs> they should have lost to Bullet Club Gold. Mm-hmm. They should have lost to MJF and Adam Cole, mm-hmm. and they should have lost to the Young Bucks. It has to be off the open. At this rate, it only feels like it's off the open. <laughs> There's no one else to do. <laughs> yeah, and where do, yeah. Like you're, not, you're not going back to the box. No, I don't think so. It would be silly if you did. Other than that, I mean, who else is in the tag division that could possibly win a title from FTR? I mean, unless you like run like Moxley and Claudio or something, that could be great. I could enjoy that. That could be great, but uh, or the best friends, but like. They did win the stadium stampede. I don't know. I just here's my one problem with this show. Mm-hmm. My one problem mm-hmm. is that I still expected like so much from certain things, mm-hmm. and I think like it was. It, and don't get me wrong, it's a great show. Like every match hit a certain beat for me. Sure, but I still think I was expecting more out of multiple matches. Yeah, at the same. I there were it felt like every match could have gone an extra gear per se. I I, I the, not every match went you could say full gear. Um I feel like there was definitely some gears laid by the wayside that they uh, did not necessarily go. I like, think the trios match felt like a preview tag mm-hmm. for next week. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like Kenny and Takeshi are going to have a better match next week at all out than anything on this show. Yeah. I'm confidently like putting my money in on that right now. Yeah. And I think that I think Moxley and Eddie probably do too. Assuming they that's the match for them. Assuming they do that, assuming they go with them, which I think they do. But if they don't go with them, they go with Claudio and Eddie. So it's like, okay, I'll be better than anything this week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh it's an interesting one for sure. Um 
Well, let's talk about that match real quickly before we get into more presser questions. Stadium Stampede match with best friends Chuck Taylor, Trent Breda, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and Penta El Zero Miedo slash Penta Escaro. Defeated Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castagnoli, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Mike Santana and Ortiz. I thought this match was really, really great. Um, I, it wasn't as good as the previous Anarchy in the Arena and Stadium Stampedes for me, necessarily. I don't necessarily think it was the worst. It might have been the worst now that I think about it, though, but it was still very high. It just was it was a lot of the the usual brawling match, you know, uh, I don't want to say death match spots, but like, you know, the John Moxley doing barbed wire and all that nonsense. And if I if you just take out the Penta Skiro, uh re-debut, I'll call it, and spot that got botched with the ladder. You just take weird. if you just take that out, which was incredibly awkward. I think it could have been way better because it that moment slowed down the match so much for me that it, it took me out so badly that it was rough coming back into it. But coming back into it was John Moxley with skewers doing insane stuff. Eddie Kingston, uh, the drama between Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley was great. I thought Chuck Taylor looked great in this. He's great in these sort of matches, honestly. Um, uh, uh, I know your thoughts about Mike Santana and Ortiz. Um, and yeah, I think like there was, a, there was a lot of stuff that was great in here. There was also just a lot of things that were like, all right, <laughs> that really took me out, like the Penta Skiro spot. But how I'll have the floor. I'll give the floor happily to you. What do you think about Stadium Stampede here? I mean, it was it was one of the for me most enjoyable matches of the night. But I officially have fit fatigue from these multi-screen matches. Does that make sense? Like matches that I gotta follow. Do it. Like we had our Anarchy in the Arena, then Blood and Guts, and then this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot. And I feel like by the end of this one, I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't, I need, I need a break from all these because while I think they're a great concept and when you use them to the right, like using them in the big stadium that you're in, brilliant, smart idea. Absolutely, you should. But they all add up and I need a break from them now. I just want, moxley in a regular wrestling match like like that's the thing blackpool yeah. combat club has been in all three of them anarchy in the arena the uh blood and guts and now this they've been in all three of them i feel like i've watched them wrestle three very similar matches and while they do it so great that they're probably the only you know trio slash four that could do that three times and i'll be entertained i still would like you know just to like chill out on them for a little bit it was still really entertaining i thought trent beretta and john moxley were probably your mvps of the match yeah trent um, beretta just doing his usual bump bullshit like, like what are you out doing of my guy mind. what are you doing I, I thought moxley was obviously great like everything he was doing was just like incredible like he the violence he goes through the violence he gives out it's very, very much like the meat of that match. And then Eddie coming down and pretty much saving the day. That's also the best. Um, but I want to see Moxley in singles matches. I want to see like most of these people in uh, different matches now. So hopefully we're moving on from the big multi-men uh, 
chaos plunder matches for a little bit. Well, you know you're going to have another one next year at Wembley, right? That's that's fine. That's but here's the thing: you can't give me Anarchy in the Arena and Blood and Guts and Stadium Stampede as a one, two, three again. That's fair. That is fair. Just too much. It's just too much. Um, I'm looking over the especially or- with the same group. That's fair. We've had, I believe it was just BCC and all three, right? Blood and guts. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know that's uh, that's that's the stuff that Moxley wants to do. You got to give it to Moxie, I guess. Official for all out: Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshita. There we go. Finally, some, finally some matches. Kimuya. a real match. Uh, going over the Orange Cassidy presser, um, uh, I'll I'll ask you this: Would you like to guess what the first question asked to Orange Cassidy was? No, I don't want to. Uh, well, the answer is: Was he excited to wrestle at Wembley? Do you think Orange Cassidy told them no? <laughs> he probably would have been like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, I, I'm sure his answer was, "Yeah, I guess I was," or something like that. Um, yeah, just uh, how how did it feel wrestling this match? Basically, and he hurt, he's in pain and all that stuff. Um, he did note that it was interesting. It, it was weird to him that they were doing an international show and he wasn't defending the international title. I think that's a fair question. Um, then of course you get the <laughs> Pentagon showing up and he challenges Orrin Cassidy and then they do a whole bit. Um, so I just want to point one thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what were you just saying? Oh, I had it. And you just said something and it completely threw me off. What were the things you said about Cassidy? Uh, he made a oh, about- no, about, about the questions, about the questions. Yes. So, so at the media call, they didn't answer questions from Fightful, Observer, The Torch, or PW Insider, I think. No. Uh and, and not only that, I don't not only did they not answer questions, I know I believe a couple of those outlets didn't even get invites to the presser. Yeah, that's interesting. Um all right, whatever. Continue. Um I'll also add this. So you said Pentagon versus Orange Cassidy this Wednesday, and I'll tell you this much. It was also announced that the winner of that match will face John Moxley at All Out. Oh, okay. So OC versus Mox. Okay. One would expect. One would expect. They should do Claudio and Eddie then, because they missed out on it for Death Before Dishonor, right? Yes. Yes, I agree. They should do that there. I mean, they could do no. that match again for uh, the next Ring of Honor show, I guess. Yeah, don't wait that long. That's in December. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Like, let's not wait that long. The The feud's hot. Let's end it. Claudio just got pinned. That is true. That is true. Not by Eddie, but he did get pinned. That is very true. Um, let's move on to the next match. Which... Oxy, new international champion. I'm, I'm with it. I'm down. To, I'm down to clown on that one, my guy. That's that's pretty good. If he, um, if Orange Cassidy beats Moxley, I will lose my mind. <laughs> John Moxley would be the perfect person to lose that title to. Quite honestly, that would be a great person to lose yeah. for for Orange Cassidy to finally lose. That would make sense to me. Um, AEW Women's World Title Match, of course, the historic four way. Soraya <laughs> defeats Akira Shida, Britt Baker, and Tony Storm. Eight minutes and forty three seconds. Scotty, of course, I'll let you have the floor for this match. I, like, I want to explain because I tweeted brutal. That was the first thing I said. I said, and I quote, 
brutal. Why even give Hikaru Shida the belt? Get the belt on Mercedes Monet ASAP, please, because I know this is where it's leading. Soraya versus Mercedes Monet was supposed to happen at Forbidden Door. So, like, that's obviously what they want to do, and that's fine, great, whatever. But why did you even give Sheeta the title? Give me a good reason why you gave Sheeta the title, besides walking into All In as champion. Great. The reign lasted a month. Um, And what was the main story of the match? The outcasts. So, kind of breaking up. So if she yeah. took the title from Tony Storm, that would have also made sense and played into the story that they were telling. Maybe even better, arguably. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I tweeted this when Mercedes Monet showed on this ch- the on the whatever the pre-show, whatever it was, the pre-show. I said this, and I ver- I stand by this one hundred percent. Mercedes Monet is a game changer, like few are. If she steps into this company, things have to change because you are going to pay her to be arguably the highest paid act on your show. It's not just it's not just going to be in the division. Yeah, she's going to be one of the highest paid acts on in AEW. You're going to pay her to probably main event a pay-per-view. Yes. And I said, everything changes the moment you have her. That's what she demands in terms of quality and her popularity. It's like... And her price tag. uh, Especially after Soraya won, I just said, like, this is your only hope. Like, Mercedes is the only hope right now. I know we talked about Mariah May last week, and I'm excited for whenever she eventually comes in, assuming she does. Mm -hmm. But Mercedes is... That that has to be the first part of this. Yeah. And I'm very confident now they don't show her without, you know, having some sort of deal in place, right? They don't just be like, oh, let's put her on the screen three different times. Like, that's not gonna happen. Well, you they don't me- do that. You didn't it, to me, it was the NXT thing. Remember? Yes. I tweeted that out as well. Of I would hope that if you're showing Mercedes Monet on my television screen, it is an NXT signing-esque shot yeah. rather than just, hey, guess who's here? It has to be, right? It has to be. It would be it would be frustrating as an AW fan that you if that was not the case. Yeah. Um. When it comes to Soraya being champion, <laughs> just, I'll say she this. looks better than Brett wrestling <laughs> lately. That is that. You know, she look, She didn't have a bad match. No. She didn't have a bad performance. No. I thought this was a completely fine match. Yeah, the match was fine. Like, I just, <sighs> I will say this, though. Fantastic. Nice to give her a moment. Yeah. Fantastic moment for her. Fantastic moment yeah. for her family. I love the nights all coming out. That was that was a good spot. Um, that was funny. I love her when uh, Tony hit her mom. I, did <laughs> I know. I, know. Really I love her mom. Like, everyone, all every single night family member trying to hold back the mom. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a great moment for her. Uh, yeah. I'm happy for her. Yeah. It's just like, okay, now that that's happened, that was not the ideal winner that anyone really wanted. She has not put out, been putting out a great output. Will she get more, will she get more eyes on the women's division because of it? 
mate i don't think so bill she is it's like a ronda rousey in 2023 situation it's like is there really much on, star power? Yeah, on paper you would be like maybe, but in the actuality, probably not. Uh, not any more than usual. Um, the Sheeta thing is interesting. I agree to that. You know, it doesn't make sense. Like I just would never have given her the title. The the only thing I can think of is that they had something else booked and it fell through. That's literally the only thing I can think of with that. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, but even then, Sheeta won, and then almost immediately it was like. Uh, she's defending uh, the title and we're doing the tournament. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, Jamie was supposed to have her moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so that sucks. Hopefully next year. Mm-hmm. Something to look forward to. Um, I'm happy that Saray got her moment because she was retired. She was done. She was never – like, that's very cool. Yeah. Just mad at the situation. Yeah. No, I think, I think there's a lot of weirdness with all this. And I think you're right. I think – you know, maybe and they didn't do... even cut to Mercedes in any of this. No, no, I was. They, about... they talked about her, but they didn't cut to, to her. That. Just about to mention that. So of course she shows up at the pre-show just randomly, and then you would think they would cut to her during this match, but instead to like maybe lead you into thinking, oh, right. they're going to do Soraya versus Monet down the line, right. or at All Out maybe, or some other full gear or something. Oh, yeah. But no, she pops up in the next match. The AEW World Trios title match, Billy Gunn and the Acclaim versus House of Black, which of course made me think of Monet popping up this match twice in the crowd for this shot. Of course that means that uh, Mercedes Monet is going to join the Acclaim, and of course we'll get our instead dream match that I know, Scotty, you're looking forward to, and that is, of course, Mercedes Monet versus Julia Hart. I'm sure that'd be the best match of Julia Hart's career. You probably will be. I mean, you can't deny that. It probably would be. Julia Hart's over. So, like, yeah. did she ever, like, I, she had a run, she's like, tw- what, is she 21? Yeah, Maybe. she is 21. Yeah, she's like, 21. she's someone that, like, obviously, I think is a real prospect because she already gets, like, reactions. But, uh, you know, good for Saray, I guess. I'm just mad about the situation. That is fair. Uh, but let's talk about the AEW World Trios title match. Of course, the Billy Gunn and the Claim got the win by defeating House of Black. Why did you skip to this? You just skipped two matches. I did skip two matches. I read it out of order. Uh, well, we're already... Whoa, don't do that to me. Oh, I have very apologies. few thoughts. Well, about we're, we're already match, talking so. about it. We already talked about Monet, and that's what Monet, and that's what made me... Oh, right, 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 right. I got you. I'm already here. We'll skip back to the Coffin Tag Team match in a bit. Um, uh, this match uh, was completely fine. It completely felt... Semi-main was insane. Um, couldn't stand it it was just like all right this is fine doable there was it felt awkward it felt like the crowd kind of died but to be fair to them osprey and jericho happened right before it um yeah it was just like you know a a good little like dynamite main event maybe you know couldn't believe the house of black rain was to end this to one of the well bit the well most well built stories for Wembley. I just <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's well built. No one cared. Well, longest longest built. I'll probably longest say. built. Sure. sure, well built. Different conversation. Like I I understand why they did it, but I've seen this match three times. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't feel like a match you need to run on here, but it's it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh... It was just, you know, what you expected it was going to be, and that was fine. It was just completely Mercedes fine. Monet is not cleared. 
hurt Tony Khan. Why are you showing her so much then? Soraya said she can't wait for Mercedes Monet to finally join them in AEW. Great. It's happening, people. It's going to happen. She's going to have her Julia match, and then she's going to go all AEW. And by, and by Julia, it. and by Julia, you of course mean Julia Hart. Nope. What? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no. It, you know, this match was completely fine, and you know, nice little moment for fifty-nine-year-old champion Billy Gunn. Uh, but what is? I will say this though: did not enjoy fifty-nine-year-old uh, Billy Gunn telling twenty-one-year-old Julia Hart to suck his dick during the middle of the match. Uh, did not really, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he said. I'm pretty sure. He said, suck my dick uh, during the match. So I didn't quite enjoy that spot. Maybe I misheard or whatever, but not a great spot. I enjoyed, but whatever, I guess. (sighs) All right. Um, Let's talk about the Coffin Tag Team match, and I'll look up some more uh, um, nonsense. So Coffin Tag Team match, Darby Allin and Sting uh, defeating Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland. What do you think about the Coffin match here? One of my favorite matches of the show, just because it was stupid in all the right ways, you know. Like Darby, Darby did a a coffin drop onto the coffin, a real coffin, yes. with no one there to protect him. Yes, from the top rope, that dent, <laughs> that was disgusting. Swerve, Swerve is sitting on the table. Sting doesn't break it the first time. So what does Sting do? He gets up and does a freaking leg drop from the apron to break it. Yeah. This match was just cool dudes having a cool match. And I loved every bit of it. Also, the uh, Metallica was fantastic for the uh, entrance. I thought that was very cool. Yes. The Metallica spot was really cool. The coffin drop uh was great i love i love the table not breaking uh and then sting just going oh this will excite you sorry i have to cut in again this is like just for you specifically okay okay let me let me take a guess tony let me take a guess tony khan says aw has a working relationship with please for the love of god tell me like rev pro or cmol Ralph Pro, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, did you see? Did you see all those? Uh, these all those Rev Pro indie workers in the uh, Miro Will Hobbs spot in the pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Oku just sitting right there, being like, "Hey guys, me, Michael Oku." <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it happened. I, I I tweeted out during, and we'll talk about it during the Rev Pro show. And I really like the Rev Pro show, the 11th anniversary show. And I, I tweeted out that I was like, I really wanted these guys to showcase themselves so well uh, because for all we know, we know Gato is there and there is a probably a good likelihood that maybe Tony Khan was there as well. So there's a good shot that there were like two prominent bookers uh, backstage at that Rev Pro show. Uh, and that is the spot where you want to showcase yourself so much. Uh, and there was, of course, some people that did it. Some people, I think, that didn't do it as much. But we'll get to that. But good to hear. I'm glad to hear that there's a working relationship with Rev Pro. Uh, I would love to see what that would mean. Um, I don't necessarily know what that would mean. Hmm. To me, that all that means is Will Ospreay is 100% coming into this company. That's what that means. One uh, way or another. One way or another, we're going to get. Hey, and you know what? And you know, honestly, what I love most about that, and I think you'd agree with me on this, is that I think uh, having a working relationship with Rev Pro is a great pathway of developing new young talent uh, that can be shipped off to AEW. I think RevPro is a great 
asset to have that can develop these young talents and they have a ginormous roster of young talent that just constantly churning through uh, and sending them off to either New Japan or AEW is going to be wonders for uh, Rev Pro, I think, going forward. So I, mean, I am excited about that greatly. I'm very much excited about that. Um, Coffin Tech Team Match, any other thoughts I had about it? I thought, um, uh, yeah, the spot where Sting does the the senton drop, I guess, on, this, on the table... Swerve's back must be killing him because that was just full weight of Sting trying to break this table all on Swerve's back, probably oh. upper back. And I was just like, this guy is probably dead. Uh, and of course, speaking of dead, he would be the one that goes into the coffin, which I'll say this. If we're saying putting his hang- fingers out or the bat out and does not count as closing the coffin. I saw a couple of Swerve's uh, dread sticking out there. The coffin didn't fully close, referee. What are we doing? That's not counting. The, 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 the match isn't over. Run it back for all out. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. Christian Cage, I, I, I didn't notice anything from Christian Cage in this match. Uh, and Sting looked fine. Not as great as he has been in the past. I thought this was the slowest he's been. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, we're, we know we're on our last legs with him, so I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. And I, I, I agree. He wrestled twice this week. What's that? I, he did wrestle twice. I did see him live in Duluth, Georgia, that, so that was fun. He did not do much in that match, I'll tell you that much. Um, no, but still, they, they tried him out there. That was enough. I, yeah, I appreciate it for sure. Uh, I will say this. I do appreciate uh, uh, Sting going back to his uh, most prominent, most iconic character in uh, TNA history with the Joker Sting. Uh, as of course they were in TNA country of England. People pop big for it, hey, as did I. I mean that I heard. I heard there were TNA chants breaking out. So of course, you know, you're in TNA history, you're TNA TNA country. You know, you gotta you gotta I, represent the the brand. I did love this match though, so it was a lot of fun. I just had like this was the match I probably had the most fun with. If that makes sense. No, I think that's fair. I, I can sort of agree with that as well. Um. Let's uh with there was questions for Don Callison to catch us. I'm going to go through that as well. Um, I'm seeing if there's anything else. Uh, Don Callis says he talked to Chris Hero about seeing to catch the wrestle when he was about 10 years old. Uh, Don Callis is sort of putting over to catch his credentials. Um. There was the question. There was a question about Takeshita Omega potentially net wrestling next week, um, and then of course uh, Tony Khan officially books that match. Uh, Takeshita says only one thing, and that is I'm going to beat Kenny Omega again. Callis um, uh, calls out Meltzer and Alvarez by name as being Omega apologists and says he's going to make them eat their words after All Out. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it, baby. Um, question about Osprey's further f- future affiliation of Callus. Will he be in the stable he's building? Callus says he's not building a stable. He's building a family. Stables fail. Callus calls Will the most sought-after guy in wrestling. Callus then goes on to say Chris Jericho is a narcissistic sociopath, sociopathic psychopath, and he saw that tonight. Callis says with Osprey's talent and his 170 IQ, the sky is the limit. Uh, so that's great. Um, and then Soraya, of course, came out after that. Let's talk about that match, which is, of course, Will Osprey versus Chris Jericho with Will Osprey getting the win in 14 minutes and 55 seconds. My, uh, it rained over here. We got a little bit of storm over here in Georgia. So I lost probably the first 
five, ten minutes of this match uh, due to a the power part outage. Of the match that I liked. <laughs> uh, so yeah, talk to me. How what was how what do you think about this match that I 100% have to rewatch? I really enjoyed the beginning of it. Um, I thought it started to fall off though towards the end. I thought Jericho just was like running out of steam. Would you say he ran out of steam when he tried to do that weird os cutter and it looked like he yeah. botched it completely? He did that um, one time when Osprey was going for the float over power bomb that he does. Jericho just like fell out of that one time, and I was like, "Okay." Um, it was still a very good match. Don't get me wrong, very good, um, but it was a it was about to the level I expected it to get to. It the unfortunate part of this weekend. Is that it does feel like Osprey had two best of matches rather than two what we're used to with him? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, I hate people just kicking out of the Stormbreaker all of a sudden. That's bothering the shit out of me. It was two straight days, and I was like, why? Yeah, the storm like this never happened. I've noticed that the Stormbreaker has sort of become more and more of a B level finisher than his ultimate finisher. I've but, noticed, but that that's more. what he beat Kenny and Okada with. I know, I know, but I, I've no, I have noticed it that it is becoming. I mean, don't get me wrong, Hidden Blade's better move. <laughs> I agree. The tiger driver that he kills people with is a better move. I tweeted that out. I, I was terrified for the finish of that match when he puts him into the powerbomb position and he hooks the arms. And I was like, I was at my couch literally going like this, Scotty. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do the tiger driver. What are you doing, my guy? I thought he was going to murder Chris Jericho with the tiger driver. And that was the last we would ever see of this man. Because... <laughs> He will he will crumble. He will crumble uh if that move took place. I was so glad that didn't happen. Uh yeah, the Stormbreaker I've noticed has gotten a little bit less over time. Uh, last half of the match, I'll say, pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh and if you're telling me that the first half was even better, I'll go check that out, of course. Uh gotta get that rating in, baby. Uh um, I was I will just say if you're gonna have Osprey on one of these shows. I prefer the full Osprey. Yeah. Of match. Yeah, I think I would. I based on an Oz cutter from uh, Chris Jericho, I will say that this was pro- possibly an off night for Chris Jericho. Um, he was really on in the opening. That's my problem. Would you maybe I want? I wonder if the Oz cutter is like he knocked his head or something really hard, and then he sort of got a little loopy. I wonder if that is uh, maybe that is, maybe. That is a potentiality. It was. It was a good match. It was still a very good match. Um, I just. There's other opponents I would have rather, and I've said this anyways, and I know people may get on me for it, but there's other people I would have preferred against Osprey. But at the end of the day, he won. He got to wrestle in front of 800,000 in England, hometown guy. And not only that, but uh, uh, beat Chris Jericho, who is still a figure uh, in this company that is uh, impressive to beat, I guess, nonetheless. Impressive scalp to collect. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. This man's 100% coming. Does. This, this man's 100% coming to AEW, right? I hope not. Why not? Why you don't want him to stay I in New want, I want him to stay in New Japan another year, I think. Why do you say that? 
because he just fits better in New Japan. Like, Osprey, to me, is the opposite of Jay White. Osprey is a, like, Jay White's built for TV, mm-hmm. in my opinion, TV pro wrestling. I don't think Osprey is. He's obviously great in the in-ring stuff. That goes without saying. But, like, I don't know if he can do the character stuff. And I've heard him do interviews about this. Like, it's something he's worked on. But I don't. I just don't know yet. I just feel like I feel like one more year of New Japan feels right for him. He should, he also never got that title reign, at least or at least not in front of a a big. Crowd. But he's definitely leaving, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, it, I I fully got the impression that this guy's leaving this company, leaving New Japan. Uh, I don't I don't expect him staying around there much long. Yeah, and you know, I, in Duluth, and maybe it's more of a accent versus microphone issue i i really hear him but he's felt at least the promo that i got it was very convincing uh of the reasons why he wanted to do that um of why he was important to him to win this match at wembley how important wembley was to him uh and his country uh i i did appreciate that and i think he has been working on it and he has been getting better at it um you know there's a question for tv wrestling as well um it's just, I think, just, yeah, it's a matter of time for this guy. And he'll put out a couple people on his way out of New Japan. I'm sure he'll lose a title to someone like a Zack Sabre Jr. or someone like he a Yoda Suji. to Yoda Suji, though. I hope. I want him to. He's I want not. Him to. They already made that match official. With, and the, he has a brand new belt that says UK champion or whatever. So, yeah. Yoda Suji in the mud once again. Yeah. Which, to me, I guess means that the... New Japan TV title will lose, be lost at some point to someone. Bolton Oleg, baby. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um, he is the challenger. Um, Tony Khan wants to keep the bank holiday weekends in the U.S. and U.K. He plans both all in and all out for next year in the same way. Uh, well, I think I think the only thing at this point that could change the opinion of Tony Khan in that sense would be pay-per-view buys. If if there is a, a distinct difference in the number of pay-per-view buys for one of these shows, I imagine all out, um, then I think that's the only way, really. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't like it. I don't like dropping all this money uh, right now, but uh, I, I got to watch it, I guess. I got to watch well, it. You just got to think of it ahead of time, I guess. I know, I know. Um, yeah, looking over anything else about uh, Soraya, I don't really see anything else. Ask about the state of the outcasts. Soraya says Tony pissed her off and she's going to have to apologize, grovel her feet, and kiss the ground she walks on. Whoa, that's a lot. Um, question about Soraya's journey. Uh, one of his best moments in her life. There's the question about RevPro, and then they're in a working relationship. Um, Why is Soraya? She's still talking. She's yeah. been talking for so long. Yeah, she said she would. Soraya would love to do stuff with Rev Pro. Was jealous Sky Blue got to do it. Would make sense. Her brother is, of course, Ricky Knight Jr. in Rev Pro, so that would uh, certainly that was, make sense. Is that her brother or is it something else? I think it's her brother or younger brother. I, I'm not entirely positive with the Knight family. I, I think it's different. I think she. Uh, uh, question for Tony Khan: When will South America hey, go all elite? Tony thinks that's a great question. Um, you were about to say something. Soraya is Ricky Knight Jr.'s aunt. Aunt, there we go. 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I could see that totally happening. Soraya popping up in uh, Rev Pro at some point, taking on Alex Windsor, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I don't really see anything else. Soraya is continually talking. Um, will there be a sequel to Fighting with My Family? Soraya says maybe. She's currently writing a book, and she told Tony today that he gave her a great an- ending for her book because she wasn't going to put it out until something special happened to end the story. Uh, you know, that's sweet. And uh, I guess that those books will come on the shelf uh, later. Um, t- t- I will not be reading it. That's fair. That's fair. I know everyone was wondering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really see anything else about from Soraya that's of note. No, per- Pretty uh, pretty lame. Uh, someone asked her specifically about ring rust. Soraya says it's not like riding a bike. She was extremely rusty, and the wrestlers and company were very, very patient. Um, she was very down in performance the first couple weeks in AEW and had to stay off social media because it's always cruel. Uh, but now that her that now she's here, her confidence is fully back, and she's 100% ready to go. Um, and it says that her neck is also 100%. Um, so good for her. Good, you know, good little ending to her story, of course. She finally left. Main event AEW World Title Match. MJF defeats Adam Cole in 27 minutes and 29 seconds. Scotty, I would love to hear your thoughts on the main event here. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? I don't know. No, no. I, I, I think I went first a lot. I think you should go. All right. Um, I thought this was. Hmm. I thought this was a very good bloodline match. You know, like <laughs> one of those matches where you constantly get the ref bumps. You sort of not really get interference. So I guess that's what I would say of a really good bloodline match. But a lot of like, you know, teasing of doing something and all this other stuff. And and, and few, putting the heat in the, the whole like, well, when is it going to explode sort of gimmick. I really thought there would have been something happening here. But now that there isn't and they're continuing it and they sort of, if anything, have driven more of a wedge between Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. You know, it's it's definitely interesting. I guess the idea of what they mean by bloodline is just a ticking time bomb. I thought it would have exploded here, but instead we're just pouring more fuel into it. Um, I don't know. I thought it was well worked. I loved the Eddie Guerrero spot. Because what I love about that spot is instead of just repeating it, and I hope a, any Eddie Guerrero fan wrestlers in the crowd uh, uh, notice this as well, that instead of just doing the Eddie Guerrero spot, you added something to it. Um, you know, it's not just throwing the chair and then taking the fake bump or whatever. You know, passing the chair back was a funny image. And then Adam Cole taking the bump and then MJF putting it around his neck. I thought that was a very innovative way to sort of uh, add something to the spot that I haven't really seen before. There were parts of the match I really liked. There were parts of the match where it was just like, all right, you know, uh, I'm seeing also here, it says 27 minutes and 29 seconds. My power also went out for a little bit during this match and I missed how the match completely ended. I, I came back and it was like five more minutes. So I don't know why it says 27 minutes and 29 seconds if there was a 30 minute time limit, but to each their own. Um, uh, yeah, you know, there were things I liked. There are things I didn't really like. Um, that's just how this MGF title reign is going to go. 
and now we have probably a match against Roderick Strong at some point, a Ring of Honor title defense against the Kingdom. And that's really the only, and you know, eventually CM Punk maybe uh, down the line with MJF. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. We are going to continue putting stuff into it with no payoff yet. But one of these days, the payoff will happen. Just unsure when that's going to happen. So I, I guess that's really my thoughts about this match. Is some, I, I liked a lot of it. It was a very good Bloodline match, but it still had that Bloodline-esque energy that I don't quite enjoy. But you know, those are my kind of thoughts. So what did you think about this match, Scotty? I thought they played through the crowd to perfection. I would agree with that. Um, I would agree. This with that. must have been like the most enjoyable match live and ex- live because there the crowd was loud a lot of times during the night, but I think they were at their best in this match. Um, I saw some people be like. Ah, this isn't my AEW. This isn't, you know, why I watch this company, blah, 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 blah. But this is the most popular story and it's working. Yeah. That's so, true. At the end of the day, it may not work for you, but it's working for the majority. And that's and fair. That's ultimately what matters. Um I I enjoyed it a lot. I I really did enjoy it because I kind of just got lost in the story. Um I got lost in the story. I think MJF is just hitting on all cylinders right now. Like, I think he is just doing the best work of his career. He is the biggest baby face in this company right now. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, And some people like this is the match where you're either going to hate it and despise it, or I think you're going to love it and have a great time watching. And more often than not, you're going to hate and despise it if you're a big work rate fan, mm-hmm. right? You're going to dis- you're going to love it if maybe you still have a soft spot for WWE esque wrestling. Sure. Um, and I and I think they did enough work, like actual wrestling work, to make this work for me. And I think in the end, like, I like the callback to the draw because the whole point of it was they hit the double clothesline. Yes. Like, that was the whole point, and it knocked both of them out, and then he asked for five more minutes, and then MJF just has the crowd erupt, and he says, no, we are wrestling until there is a winner. Um, I I actually do like the Roderick Strong aspect of it like yeah he ended up looking like a nerd but that's the point like that's his entire character right now mm-hmm. um i like that in the end adam cole you know he was on the brink of cheating he even used roddy's take uh you know beat down on mjf as an advantage yep. but he still didn't fully go and i think when he does it'll probably cost them the ring of honor tag team titles to Taven and Bennett, the kingdom. I think that's where we're going. And then maybe we'll have the the um the final match at Grand Slam. Or or full gear. Or full gear. No, no, that's too far. That's too far. That's fair. That's way too far. I think I, I would do it at Grand Slam 
because it, MJS in his hometown. Well, I would say no, I would say it in New York. I would say it depends when the Ring of Honor show is. Because I, I no no we're not even going to do that. We're going to do that tag match at like within the next couple of weeks. I don't know. Anyway. I think they'll, I'll think they'll save the Ring of Honor title match for whatever the Ring of Honor show is. I mean, they can even do the Ring of Honor match at Grand Slam. I I guess they could if they want to do the big angle there. I just I would do it within the next month. I wouldn't like keep the titles on them. Does that make sense? I get you. No, I get what you I get what you're saying. I just think that yeah. If they're calling this a bloodline, they're going to stretch this out. And that's what Yeah, I'm- yeah, I I I just like I think there is an expiration date on this and I think they're smarter than WWE to call it off when it's right. Sure. Because you we say it's the bloodline angle, but like in the end no one's hoping Adam Cole wins. Right? That's the opposite here. We are instead hoping that MJF wins and moves on. At least that's what I'm hoping. And I think that's what we're expecting. Moves on, goes to Punk, presuming Punk's around. Now, if something happens with Punk and he's not around, then we're going to go on forever, I guess. Everything gets tossed up, right? Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. I, um, I think Rick's... I do. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I do think that it was a success. Like, I was entertained every moment of the main event, and that's all I look for. Like, it's again, it's not the. It's not the work rate match. And I understand anyone that has problems with this match. But I was entertained from start to finish. And that's at the end of the day, what I'm still looking for in wrestling. Yeah, everything you said, I also enjoyed. And I also think that a lot of the logic in this story works better than like the bloodline story. Um yeah, I think a lot of the bloodline story, people forget that like Roman, like, you know, he's still like a heel and the crowd is cheering him like he's a face and cheering him like he's a huge guy. And like, I feel like a lot of the crowd is completely ignoring the facets of Roman's character in that sense. Whereas here, sure. heel, here, sorry, the crowd is on MGF's side and MGF works as a baby face because he is fully playing into this idea of he, he's it does it, it you don't get any idea that MJF is doing a game. We all know the history of MJF and it feels likely that he could be doing something like that, but there is seemingly no inkling that that any of this is fake for MJF. Um right. and so and his intentions are clear and the crowd is on his side in that sense. Everything you mentioned I enjoyed. Um I and I liked. I just think there were the the drawing out of it all is i i i think what it is honestly is that the fact that it feels bloodline esque makes me become a little bit of a detractor even if the things I liked in the match uh yeah, were good and i think I that's not and i think that's not fair to the match to be fair well, yeah i mean i've liked and that's and, a, I, I and that's to. an instant reaction folks that is something i'm going to ruminate on and really think about it but I think that's that's really what it comes down to for me is that because it felt like a bloodline match, I'm like, oh, like let's forget it because I don't like those matches. Like I think a lot of people like you listen to this, you probably know by now that I'm usually a little bit higher on the bloodline style match than Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're so a I don't think this listener. should be shocking. Also, big news. 
AEW is doing week monthly pay-per-views now. They've officially announced October 1st from Seattle will be the first AEW Wrestle Dream pay-per-view in honor of Antonio Inoki. Wow. Wow. Sunday, October 1st. Are we going on Max or no? You didn't say that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't be rolling out that much money monthly now, my guy. That's tough. So the September pay per view is all out, and then October's Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream in, in honor of Antonio Inoki. And then November is Full Gear. And then are we counting Ring of Honor as a pay per view for them? Is December final battle? I sure hope that's what we're counting. Oh, my, my my microphone arm just died. Um, yeah, give me your thoughts on on the new pay per view schedule of AEW real quickly. Uh, <laughs> gonna need it to be on Max. <laughs> really gonna need it to be on Max because uh, oh, that's that's a tough sell for me. That is a tough sell for me, for sure. Um, Have you noticed the... I I don't want to say it's the whole thing of like, this isn't the AEW I signed up for, right? I don't don't necessarily want to say that. I, I think, you know, financially, it makes sense for the company to do that. And especially if they're going on Mac soon, which... Maybe that all would have happened bet more if HBO uh, if, well also if Warner Media had more money to put together that that platform on HBO Max. Um, I think you know it makes sense financially, and as an AW fan, you know, of fan of their wrestling style, of course, more pay per views mean better matches, supposedly. Yada yada yada. Um, that does make the creative a little bit interesting moving forward. And it makes overall you now you've established your big four. Now you have all these other B shows in theory. Um, however, that all being said, have you noticed a a consistent uh, trend in uh, what feels like a a it it feels like AEW is no longer a challenger brand. It feels like by the month, more and more things happen backstage, in front of stage, schedule changes, creative decision changes, all this other stuff. They are less like a challenger brand and more similar to the brand leader. I I, I don't know if I'm the only person that feels that way. And I don't want to say it's not, again, not the thing of, I think it's good for AEW to evolve, especially financially like this. It just feels like they are evolving to be more like the brand leader and evolving less like a challenger. Does that make sense? I think the extra pay-per-views are good, but I don't know. There are other decisions that make me feel like that's, I don't know. The The way I look at it, and maybe I'm wrong, is that this is a sign of them simply getting bigger. And I agree. I think this was inevitable. I think anyone, including myself, that will complain about the more pay-per-views 
is that we have to just accept that they are a company that is on the rise, right? Mm -hmm. Like they just did an 80,000 person show. It, like you said, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. I, I still think the goal is to be a company that is against or that competes with WWE at the end of the day. That's where they're working towards. They're still an alternative. I agree that they're But we are getting closer to the line. I, it just feels like in the pursuit to become a bigger brand, instead of looking at what does AEW as a bigger brand look like, it feels like it's more of a bigger brand in wrestling is WWE. Does that make sense? Does that sort of sure. distinction make sense? That's what it feels sure. like to me. And and I mentioned that, like, I've mentioned this before, that, like, we are gone from the first four years of, or three years, I guess, of AEW. And ever since Brawl Out, that was a distinct end of an era for AEW. And we are in the era of, I will argue... I believe the name I've given to it is um, a Growing Pains. This is an era of Growing Pains. This company is growing massively. They're adding pay-per-views to the schedule. There is a very good chance, as Tony Khan has indicated, that they are going to get a seven-figure deal uh, for, their pay- for their TV contracts coming up. Um, along with Max, probably they're growing. A com- along with growing as a company are the pains that come with it, and those pains uh, tend to be initialed CMP. Uh, so <laughs> and 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 DMD, I guess as well. If you want to look at the women's division, um, there there are growing pains, and this is an aspect of the growing. It's good for a company to be that. It, it proves the longevity of this company. Um, it is just going that direction is a huge creative decision and i don't know for me if they are the right opportunity creatively to properly expand to 12 pay-per-views a year and triple i guess not necessarily triple because they've been doing forbidden door and now wembley double their pay-per-view output uh moving forward I i have concerns about that about their creative stance on that but we have to see it to believe it i guess all right. I think I think that's the only way we can really get to it. Um, addition is that Tony Khan hopes that New Japan Town are to take part of the Wrestle Dream event. So uh sure looks like that'll be kind of a collab show again in one way, shape, or form. Maybe not as heavy as Forbidden Door, but definitely looks like there'll be plenty with the Inoki aspect. Yeah, I'm just sort of looking through Tony's answers and questions. Um Tony's very optimistic that Pack Hater and Daniel Cien will be at Wembley next year. I assume they'll be healthy in a year's time. Um, you also being in Seattle for the next pay per view with Danielson, that's an interesting one. I gotta say, uh, I would assume you know, of course, Darby and uh, maybe Darby and Swerve for the TNT title. That could be interesting. Um, in Seattle, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I think that would make a lot of sense if Danielson comes back. Maybe we get that Nigel McGuinness match. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's just sort of interesting to see what it uh, pulls up. Um, 
da, 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 da. he talks about the success of Rampage in England. And that's interesting. He says it's up 97% year over year in the UK. That's interesting. Um, um, full gear has been confirmed for November as well. Uh, Tony says that AEW is the number one promotion in the UK. Um, I assume that's true. <laughs> A question about All In originally being announced in conjunction with the 100 years of Warner Brothers. Great question. Um, would they be interested in selling the library to WB, uh, running ex- extra pay-per-views, etc.? Um, there's no answer to that on the thread I'm looking at. So I don't know whatever happened with that. Um, Tony calls out Meltzer, Meltzer who hasn't asked a question yet. <laughs> Is that the response to that previous question? Uh, uh, Meltzer about who had, who hadn't asked a question yet and says, you know, more about some of these pay-per-view business questions than he does. Um, and then that's where they talk about, uh, says he'd love to put something together. Tony said they dreaded pay-per-view live events word. Oh God, please don't tell me they're talking to them. Pay-per-view premium live events. Um, they've been, Tony's been having a lot of talks at WBD and since Discovery merged, they've been paying more attention to AEW than ever. They've been having lots of talks. Um, and then that's where you get the, says them out for a huge announcement, September 30th collision in Seattle, uh, and that's where he says that October 1st in Seattle will be the first ever wrestle dream on pay-per-view. Um, so that's, that's that full announcement. Of course, then full gear will be at LA in the forum on Saturday, November 18th. Um, and then that's where Meltzer asked about the Inoki, uh, about the new Japan invol- involvement. Um, he Tony says that this pay-per-view, their biggest in terms of buy rates in well over a year, and one of their biggest of all time, which doesn't seem like that will crack the all-out punk debut, uh, but it might possibly number two. Um, Until they break that, punk has so much power, it's not even funny. That's true. <laughs> um, Tony says he thinks AEW is hot and as, as it's ever been, and AEW is as good as it's ever been. Uh, of course, he'll say that. He's a promoter. Um Tony dropping some more F-bombs now that Adam Cole's return. Interesting. Um, says the acclaimed are incredibly hot. Um, basically, it just kind of seems like he's promoting stuff. Um, Sounds like Tony Khan. Yeah, I mean, he hey, he's a promoter. That is that is his job at the end of the day. Um, and then he's just sort of uh, talking about more stuff. So we'll come back to that if we get anything else. But as we're talking about it, let's move on and talk about All Out, which is next week. <laughs> uh, as we cl- if, anyone, if anyone cares, um, if anyone cares. No, I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> um, All Out so far is announced, and I'll just read the whole card, and we'll give our thoughts to it. Sort of empty, but now that we've added two more matches, it makes it a little bit better. We have Miro versus Will Hobbs, Darby Allen versus Luchasaurus for the TNT title, Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho for the TBS title, John Moxley versus either Orange Cassidy or Pentagon, probably Orange Cassidy, for the AEW International title, and then Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshita. How are you feeling about All Out a week away? And that is our card. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how to feel about a show that's very incomplete. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Happy about Kenny and Takeshita. Be better than good. every. You know what's funny about this All In show? Like All In, I think every match at least was pretty good or acceptable. Does that make sense? Um, or got the job done for the most part. 
but nothing like stood out for me. Uh-huh. Like I feel like there was just a lot of matches rumbled into this like three and a half, three and a quarter, four star grouping, mm-hmm. and nothing got above that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like all out in Chicago, I will get that. Does that make sense? But it it really comes down to like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have like two great matches and the rest of the card is meh, or would you rather have consistency throughout to have a great show? And I think in many ways, that's exactly what this was with a hot crowd the entire time. I also going back to the extended pay-per-view schedule. That is a fear of mine with that is that having more, having less like all out to not use that term, to use the term incorrectly, I guess, or pun not uh, intended to have more, to have less all out cards uh, where everyone's going, you know, going a mile a minute um, and, and more like, you know, all right, some solid matches, some solid great stuff. Um, th- that is a concern of mine. Omega well, t- I would I would only be concerned if, uh, yeah, the TV will be what gets hurt if anything. I mean, look, I mean, we're we're talking we're, we're talking what we got in front of us. We got this show what we're talking about right now. We got All Out next week. Um, we have in September later in September uh, Grand Slam. And we have as Wrestle Dream a, as a Dynamite Rampage in in October we have Wrestle Dream, and then in November we have Full Gear, and then December Final Battle potentially an AEW pay per view, but maybe it's just Final Battle. Like we got a lot of stuff on the horizon, and maybe we have Final Battle and another AEW pay per view. Um, we have a lot of stuff on the horizon with this stuff, and it's just like you gotta tell a lot more stories or tell a lot more stuff as quickly as possible um, to hype these sort of things. And Omega to catch the next week is going to be great. I think Hobbs versus Miro should be a good Hoss fight. I expect Darby Allen to get the win in the TNT title match, especially knowing that the Seattle show is around the corner. I think that's a good way to paper. That's a good way to, that's the, I think that's a good way to serve up uh, swerve versus Darby. Um, and uh, and Mox versus Orange should be honestly great. That should be an yeah. honestly great match. I wish we got just mo- need something added. Yeah, it needs something else. We don't know anything about the tag titles. We don't know anything about the world title. We don't know anything about Punk uh, for fair reason. Um, you know, the a lot, a lot of the elite aren't doing anything. Um, Ooh. Uh, Ooh. There's the women's title, which I imagine will just be the TBS title. Um uh, being defended instead of Soraya. Uh, just a lot of stuff uh, that, that we have no clue about. And what we have so far is good. I, I'm excited. There's good to great, but it's just like there, there's nothing really to go off here. It's an empty card. It's an, it's yeah, it's not a full card. Like dynamite and collision are very important this week. Even rampage. I'll say, I mean, you're going to announce yeah, like you should be using rampage five to seven more matches or something. Right, I mean that's what uh, they, t- t- they typically do like twelve or something. Speaking of collision, hmm? um, Tony Khan tell told Sean Ross Sapp that collision will run Friday ahead of Full Gear. Okay, it'll be on Friday night against SmackDown. <laughs> We're going bold, baby. Let's get into it. I we had we all talked about it. What does it mean? That when you have a Saturday pay-per-view, because the reason they chose Saturday, as Tony Khan previously said, uh, was because he wanted to avoid a Jaguars game on Sunday, 
which means that collision has to be moved. And where do we move it? Now we're moving against SmackDown. So we're going head to head Friday Night SmackDown versus Collision. You know for a fact that show is going to be loaded up right before a pay-per-view. So whoo, get ready for night one of full gear, folks. <laughs> That's what I'm expecting. Jesus Christ. Do it. You know what? I want to come back around on this. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, you're, you're back. He's back. If you're going to be a challenger brand, you got to challenge. And at this rate, you do it. You got to do things that are up against the competition. Go full on Friday night war or whatever. Who gives a shit? You know, you, you're going to have to do this stuff. We knew it sucks for collision to move dates. Uh, we knew that was probably going to happen a lot with football season around the corner. Uh, so that sucks. Um but yeah, you know, take on WWE, do all these extra stuff, get a bunch of ton of money, uh, you know, do all these things, expand your company, just make it good, <laughs> just make it good. That's all I ask. Uh, that's do all we, I ask. Do we want the uh, PW Torch side of? Do Punk you have Perry? Bef- before you say that? Do you have any other thoughts about All Out before we move on? I it's impossible to have thoughts on a show that uh, <laughs> that's got nothing to it. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's fair. Um, all right. Yeah. Hit me with that uh, PW Insider uh, take. Uh, da, da, let, me, let, me, uh, let me see. I'm looking over Tony Khan's extra questions. Um, Backstage, Punk confronted Perry as Punk headed to the entrance area for this match. Our source scene indicates punk got in perry's face and asked if they had a problem as words were exchanged punk pie faced perry and then restrained him in a face lock and threw some punches at him before he was pulled off so according to the pw insider you know (laughs) the complete opposite of the other story which not a surprise at all but according to pw insider punk fully started the fight Well, it's interesting that Miro also said that the first story was fake, so I wonder what he'll say in this one. <laughs> it's never going to end. Never going to end. It, 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 that's the investigation. The investigation shows up that Punk started again. That's, I think he's screwed. Quite honestly, I think he'll be screwed. Um, Who, Perry? No, if, if Punk started. I mean, Perry, yeah. But if Punk started I think again. In trouble either way. I think, I think no matter what, Perry's probably going to get suspended. I think that's I think that's fair. The question is, do you suspend Punk again for longer or well, I mean, longer than what being injured or do you have to straight up like do something, find him or whatever? I don't know what you do. Punk, I, I just think Punk's like unless Punk leaves on his own. I just I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever do it. Whatever. We'll see. We'll hear. We'll hear what the full story is or never will. We'll know this week, I guess. According to uh, Tony Khan, he will not be at Wrestle Dream because he will have to be at a Jaguars game for the next day. Interesting. I wonder, you know, I wonder who would probably, if I were to put a person on it, who would probably be in charge if Tony Khan was not available maybe it's one of the EVPs. No, no, it can't be one of them. Maybe no, it's he, one- did, he did say in an interview like this week that he, if something happened to him, 
he told his dad to give it to Brian Danielson. Oh yeah, Brian Danielson, the guy that happens to 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 live in Seattle, Washington. Oh man, what a perfect guy to 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 run that show for him. What a perfect man to set it all up for him. Wow. Um, well, interesting. That's a lot of news that uh, from AEW. We'll probably get a lot more in the coming weeks. A lot more news about it. So we'll certainly talk about it next week as well. We only have a minute left of the show. Do we want to continue and talk about Rev Pro 11th anniversary and talk about payback? Do you want to cut something? What do you want to do, Scotty? I, I, the floor is yours. I mean, we got a lot of stuff. I have no part of me that needs to talk about payback. <laughs> well, yeah, payback. A friend. Told I probably me about, won't even be able to watch it next week by the time we record, so I don't care. A friend of mine who who was with me as we were watching AEW All In uh, was asking about what does WWE have next, and I said, "Well, they have a show called Payback." Uh, and they were like, because we were talking about how WWE's like new tactic is running like big stadiums and stuff uh, and yeah. running a lot more international stuff. And I was like, yeah, but they have a show called Payback this Saturday. And quite honestly, I have no idea where it is. Uh, and, it, you know, you know, a lot of their P B level pay-per-views have been getting upgraded as of late, but it feels like Payback is a C level pay-per-view uh, based on this card, <laughs> which is, I think the most interesting match on this card is Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus in a steel cage match. Uh, and then the arena is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the PPG paints arena. Uh, what do you know about the PPG paints arena, Scotty, and the history of wrestling that has taken place in that venue? Well, anyways, and then next up we have, uh, no, that's exactly right. It, the the card itself is pretty much just Lynch, Stratus, Rollins, Nakamura, Ripley, Rodriguez, Mysterio, Theory, and Knight Miz. Not an exciting card, not at all. Uh, but see, what I'm more excited for is NXT's uh, G1 tournament <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they're running. That block A is Tyler Bate, Butch, Charlie Dempsey, and Axiom. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, baby. That's that's all my WWE thoughts for this week. Thank you. Uh, one last question from Tony Khan was about one woman's match on the entire card. His defense was, well, I announced Ruby and Statlander for All Out next week. <laughs> Which to me is also like, you only have one women's match on that card. Um, so that's fine. Yikes. <laughs> that's funny. Tony Khan, I don't think he realizes what he's saying all the time. Uh, I don't think he does either. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other thoughts that I think we may might have had was about the 11th anniversary show versus Rev Pro. I'll get them out real quickly for you, Scotty. But I thought this was a really good to great show. Uh, I thought up and down the card, uh, Rev Pro really showcased a lot of the young talent. I think some people had a couple missteps in what they could have done, but I think for the most part, it was really great. I mean, I got a big old circle to my man, Luke Jacobs, who had an outstanding match against Tomohiro Ishii that if you did not see it, please, for the love of God, go out of your way to see. Um, if you know, I guess I'm talking about it now, but that would be my match of the week, probably. Um, that match was fantastic. Osprey versus Shingo was not his best outing, but certainly another great match. Uh, Michael Oku versus Trent Seven was way too long. Uh, you cut five, ten minutes, and they would have been way better. Um, any other thoughts I had? Uh, Subculture versus Velocities was still very good, but a little disappointing in a weird sense. Uh, Shibata versus Kid was solid uh, in that tag match. And then, yeah, and they just like they showcased a lot of, and I thought the scramble was really good as well. I thought they showcased a lot of their young talent that I talked about before. And knowing that there's a partnership now with AEW, 
that makes me very excited for RevPro moving forward uh, because now you can get some of these younger talents to not just wrestle each other and get more experience, but now probably wrestle AEW wrestlers as well um, to get even better because they'll be wrestling other people, and that's always a good thing for wrestling. Do you have any thoughts about the RevPro show? I know you watched some of it as well. I watched everything except for the opening match. Perfect. What did you think of it? That was fine. Just fine? Oh, that's heartbreaking, Scotty. Heartbreaking. Well, I thought I thought the uh, British world title match was maybe the worst match I've seen in months. Wow. That was awful. Wow. You talk about bloodline awful. bullshit. You talk about awful. bloodline bullshit. That's, oh, that's my God. But it was between people I don't give a shit about. So it made it 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so bad. I was like, Trent Seven, you do not need to be on my screen right now. Um, that's I what I not hate. like. That's I really did not hate. like that match at all. Um, I thought Shibata was good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, the tag team match was a little big time letdown. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown. I was expecting more for the two two teams there. Some subculture. Ishii Jacobs was great. Mm-hmm. Match of the night, easily. I thought um, the- Windsor James and High, and I thought they did a good job. Crap finish though. Agreed. Uh, Zach and Ricky was fine. Oh, I just don't well, think Ricky works as a heel. We do want to say before we move on uh, from the women's title match. I do just want to say. Hardcore country, hardcore country, hardcore country. We're done. We're done. The show's over. You can't. You 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 can. uh, You can. You can stay, but you can't. You can't. uh, We're we're leaving. All right. Well, that's it for the Ring Post Radio. Um, uh, we have a lot more to talk about next week. I'm sure. Uh, Next week will be talking about all out maybe whatever other stuff gets announced for that card and we'll have a full card um we'll be talking about payback potentially uh or i'll be talking about payback potentially um and talking about whatever the hell else we're happening next week i don't know when we're going live yet because my 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 saturday keeps getting changed so so we'll let you know (laughs) we'll let you know folks if you want to know that information follow us on twitter at count at pod uh, I'm not calling it X, it's Twitter. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ryan IC. Follow Scotty at Scott E Wrestling. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you like what we did here of our talk of instant reactions uh, and talk about the pressing, all that stuff, uh, uh, support us on patreon.com forward slash counter pod because next week as well uh, for All Out, we'll be doing a live instant reaction following All Out as well on patreon.com forward slash counter pod. So we greatly appreciate your patronage and gratefully, gratefully uh, appreciate. Uh, you guys coming out uh, enjoying it. and enjoy our Patreons already. Patreons already, our Patreon supporters already. So we uh, thank you for that, Scotty. Uh, I don't really want to do match of the week stuff, but any other plugs uh, do you have? No, I got no plugs. All right. Well, I'll just end this here. Uh, my plugs already are for the Patreon. Thank you everybody for listening to the show. And of course, I want to say hardcore country, hardcore country, hardcore country, hardcore country, hardcore country. Scott, you can cut me off at any point. Hardcore country, hardcore country.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Can I said we've got to do an ad? I've never done one before. Uh-oh. What should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I ever made an ad before. What, what, what are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there, too. <laughs> uh, I, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Heard that here. Michael Richards <laughs> calling Jay White small compared to him. <laughs> yeah i love it this picture you've painted for me i I want to hang it up i want to frame it and hang it up in my in my bedroom yeah we don't have a wwe triad or a new japan triad every second week and now i'm in bullet club and here will osprey versus kenny omega do you want to just go off about this match how do you take or talk about one of I think probably the best matches you've ever seen. That's an ad, right? Yeah, yeah, that works. That that that's that's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us and we don't have to do anything. Aha, past us did it, present us living in the now. Look at us. Look, Look at, at us being friggin' brilliant. Mate, minimum effort, maximum output. Okada Shorts podcast. Check it out on the Countout Network at Okada Shorts. Rate and subscribe, listen or die. This has been a Count Out Podcast.